This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio. Hello there, and welcome to All Things Therapy. I am your host, Lisa Tahir. If you've been watching or listening, you know that I'm a licensed social worker and therapist. I've been practicing. For over 20 years, I'd love to work with you. I have a totally virtual practice now. Something that happened recently that I haven't shared is that um, my office in Los Angeles got sold during this tail end of the pandemic. And it was actually very relieving for me because I feel such a resonance doing online therapy. You can be in the comfort of your own home or office as well as myself. And it's been really cool to see clients and meet their pets and just kind of see what it looks like where they live. I feel like it's such rich information and working with someone, what your personal setting is like. So go to my website. It's nolatherapy, N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. That stands for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy, where you can find me on social media, on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. NOLA therapy. And I'd love to hear from you. I'd love for you to review and rate this podcast, share your thoughts, what you think, what you like, if there's anything to improve, I'm open to that feedback. And before I bring my guest on, I want to share with you Fairty Brand. They are a new podcast sponsor. They're a clothing company, two twin brothers, Mike Fairty and his brother, they make this really exquisite high-end cotton clothing, perfect for the summer, perfect for right now, this weather. I'm in Los Angeles. It's getting warmer. And in New Orleans, it's super hot. So they make really high-end cotton, exquisite fabrics, as I said. And they've been featured in GQ, in Vogue, in the LA Times, and other places like that. As my listener, they want to give you 20% off your first order to try them out and go to fairtybrand.com forward slash ATT for all things therapy to take that 20% off. And one of the things that makes them unique that I love about them is they offer you a lifetime guarantee. And that means the lifetime that you own their clothing. If anything happens, they will replace it for free. No questions asked. And that's pretty remarkable. They believe in their clothing that much. So check out fairtybrand.com forward slash ATT, and I'll spell it F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand.com forward slash ATT. And a big thank you to Mike, you and your brother for supporting all things therapy. 
So I was just talking about being an online therapist myself. I have been supported by betterhelp.com. They are a really large online therapy platform offering you virtual video and phone sessions. They've supported All Things Therapy for a number of years and are offering you 10% off to try them out your first month of therapy. They have clinicians available in every state. They offer financial aid for those who qualify. Really easy to um, access through your phone or your laptop or desktop. Go check them out and that 10% off offer is found at betterhelp.com forward slash ATT for all things therapy again, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash ATT. And if you haven't gotten my book, I encourage you to go do that. It's a book on empathy and self-forgiveness endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama. It's available all over wherever you buy your books at your local bookstore. If there's somewhere you'd like to patronize, just go in and give them my name or the title or both. They're able to order it for you, as well as finding it at Barnes and Noble brick and mortar stores, Amazon.com, Walmart.com. It's called the Chiron Effect, healing our core wounds through astrology, empathy, and self-forgiveness. With that, I'm going to transition into bringing on my guest. We are today with Dr. Melanie Hart. She is the host of Living from Happiness podcast, which she has been hosting for over five years. She's a psychologist, a Reiki master teacher, a therapist who's available to work with you. And I just completed reading her book. It's called You Got This, a risk-taking guide for women who are ready to change the world. And I'm holding it up right now. If you're watching on live stream, be it YouTube, Facebook, wherever. Dr. Melanie, how are you? I'm happy, excited, nervous, well, uh, all of that, all at the same time. (laughs) Using my mindful awareness skills to go, oh my gosh, okay. (laughs) Happy to see you again. Go ahead. (laughs) And and I'm happy to have you on. You had me on your show. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you before we went live that I really got into your book having to do with risk and mindful risk and what that even means. And I wonder where you want to start with us. Well, honestly, I was just thinking as you were just talking that I've been a podcast producer and host researcher, all of that for almost six years now, or maybe six years. I don't, I kind of forget. It's that's easy for me. That's fun for me. That's sort of home for me. Being on this side of the table as it were being the guest feels like a real risk for me. I'm out of my comfort zone. It's pushing a psychological edge for me to sort of put myself both in your hands, and I totally trust you, but also, you know, all of the fears and um, my subconscious biases start showing up. It's like, I'm going to screw it up. I'm not going to say the right thing. I'm going to say it wrong. I'm going to babble. I'm going to whatever. I'm going to mess it up somehow. So that's a risk for me. So in choosing to say yes to you, to just settle down into that deeper place within myself of knowing that it is okay, Mm 
It's okay. This is a good risk to take. There's nothing scary about this. Nothing bad is going to happen. Yeah. So taking those risks, I think, throughout our lifetimes is a rich part of feeling and being really alive. It is. And, you know, as you were going through the list of things running through your mind that you were Mm -hmm. mindfully aware of, as you Mm -hmm. said, Mm -hmm. I was thinking to add to that, a thought that runs through my mind sometimes as I start each show is, oh my gosh, am I talking too much? Mm -hmm. And so I think we all experience these thoughts that don't really serve to feel confident in the moment or to really own the moment, own the opportunity. And so that's what your book really highlighted for me. One of the many things is about our minds. There's a, I'm just going to kind of jump around about how our thoughts trigger emotions all day long. I love how you phrase that. And you talk about course correcting our minds as many times as it takes to stay on track. And I notice Whenever I start my show, I'm doing that during this time together. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to our listeners and viewers about that? Yes. Well, one of the things that's coming to my mind, uh, whatever that is, that very mysterious thing called mind and consciousness versus the brain, and then there's the psyche, and then, I mean, we're, we are so much. Yeah. And we don't have good language for all of it yet. So let me say that. But one of the first things that came to my mind was something that my MBSR, mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher says quite often. And she says, you can learn to go get your mind and put it where you want it to be. So I don't want my mind to be completely down the rabbit hole of how I'm not good enough. I can't do this. This is too scary. I'm going to stay in the corner all by myself and feel better. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, so I'm getting my mind and putting it where I want to be, which is in dialogue with you and connecting with listeners who I can't see and yet I can feel. Mm-hmm. So again, put my keep getting my mind and putting it back where I want it. To be. And yes, I am very aware that I am physically having like a little adrenaline response, a little anxiety. My arousal level in my central nervous system is is up. That's okay. I'm okay. I can be aware of that and take the risk of being here and do these things I want to do in my life. And I deeply believe. I don't think this is a mind thing. I don't know, Lisa, you can talk about this. Okay. I believe that I am here, you are here, many of us are here in earth school, as I call it, with purpose and meaning. I have a job to do. I have a thing to accomplish, to try to work toward a task or tasks. None of those tasks involve me being curled up in a fetal ball in the corner because <laughs> I'm so scared. I have to keep overcoming, moving beyond the fear or walking with it in order to do what I came here to do. And, you know, I often say, I didn't make the rules. I don't know if that's such a good rule or not, but, you know, here we are. You know, I like what you're saying. And just as you're able to articulate what is going on within your mind and body in these first few minutes that we've Mm -hmm. been together on the show and, and just are people 
you know, I know I, I try to be aware of that. I've noticed it helps me feel better when I am aware. It might be a, a more accurate way to say that, that the more I've been tuned in to like, ooh, I feel some nervousness here in my stomach. And, you know, like just really being aware, kind of embracing and visibly those emotions and feelings and knowing that they're natural, it's okay, I'm not the only one feeling it, helps for it to kind of shift. And, and like I've learned the other side of the coin of anxiety is excitement. And that's helped me as well to release anxiety and tap into that excitement and even the joy of doing something new or even like podcasting. I've done it for over five years as well. And I still get jitters before every show. And for me, I think that's a positive thing because it shows I'm still really in it. You know, I think if I was to ever start to feel like, oh, I don't really care or this is nothing, it'd probably be time to retire the show. And what do you think about about that? I really agree with you. I, I think that, you know, there's anxiety, like I'm going to be something's uh, lunch, you know, back in the, back in the olden days when saber tooth tigers were in the, and you know, big oh, yeah. and all that stuff. okay, we still have those portions that that part of our brain is still here, which can cause us to be hypervigilant when in fact there are no more saber tooth tigers. But if I'm getting a huge fear response because my life is literally in danger. Okay, Ren, don't sit there and analyze it and don't get all mindful and omi about it. But I think in terms of, as you were talking about doing this podcast, that sort of adrenaline uh, anxiety response, I think it's saying in part to you that it's because it matters to you. The show matters to you. It matters to you that you do a good job and that you share what you think is important to be shared with listeners. And it it's because it matters to you. And so that's yeah. terrific. Yay. Yeah. Awesome. You know, Melly, something I, I jotted down to ask you since you're known as the happiness doc. Mm-hmm. So, okay. There's a lot that I hear that I think anyone listening, should I speak for you? Is that we talk, we hear this notion of we choose our happiness. Mm-hmm. It's our choice to choose happiness. And even that quote that's so sometimes overused, like suffering's optional. Yeah. Um, can you talk to us and kind of tap into more of what this is about in some practical and useful ways, choosing our happiness and what this even means? Um, yes, I can. Well, I can give it a shot. Let me see how well we do. Okay. Um, first of all, I think it's really important to define happiness. What am I talking about when I talk about happiness to my clients and to my uh, radio show listeners? And as I think about it myself, it's not that surface level hedonistic, oh, I just want a party. That's not it at all. Uh, Happiness really is a deeper awareness of my values, what matters to me, being resonant with those values as much as possible. I mean, sometimes I think I sound like Mother Teresa or some enlightened being. So not the case, you know? So sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I really screwed that one up. Okay. Okay. Let's move forward. I'm human. So to cut myself some slack about living from my values that I so deeply hold. So I follow the tenets basically 
loosely, uh, from the Greater Good Science Center, which is out of UC Berkeley. And they have a fantastic website. They have all kinds of courses and all kinds of stuff. But they, I did a free happiness course with them. Yale University also has a fantastic, apparently, I haven't done it yet, free MOOC, which is a massive open online course. Okay. It's like an eight-week course about happiness, which comes wow. out of positive psychology. So that's a very, if somebody is really interested in diving sort of deeply into the science of happiness, yeah, check out the Greater Good Science Center, their free course, as well as Yale University's course on happiness. But basically, number one, I say to all of my clients is we have to be aware of how we are feeling. What's going on and then get curious about what's going on what are you telling yourself is it the old i cannot do this i'm too scared or i'm going to screw it up or what just what's going on self-awareness and then learning how to take your mind and put it where you want it i'm okay i'm safe this is fun i'm learning something which for me is a huge value I will do an awful lot and I will go through a lot of pain and suffering if I get to learn something cool and wonderful just because I love that. That might not be true for you, but whatever sort of floats your boat, there are reasons for the things that drive us. Honor those things. Know how you're feeling. Be aware. Go from there. You know, I just love this phrase you've introduced today of putting our minds where we want it to be. I can put my mind where I want it is what I just jotted down. And I think that's such a powerful visualization to keep in mind, like to put our mind where we want it. Like again, that redirection throughout the day that I see that's what we have so much choice over. And it directly correlates to the emotions that we feel in that moment in my experience. Yes. And I think it's also important to, say to acknowledge that I am not always a happy person Mm -hmm. I actually did thank you to the great whatever I actually have navigated through the COVID and the pandemic pretty well yeah I have not had a personal tragedy to me but I have a very a beloved very close family member who who has been struggling mightily and many, many people for a variety of reasons, including genetics and, and uh, karma, reincarnation, whatever is going on. I am not always happy, but I am always willing to sit with who I am in this moment. Mm. There is something so deeply powerful about being able to do that that actually opens the door to just creating a little bit more space around my suffering, if you will. Mm -hmm. A little more space for more of what is also true. It is also true that I have a, a wonderful home and I love my work and I have you know, beautiful connections with the people who matter to me and a lot of things I'm passionate about. And I can be grieving with a wide open, broken heart. Mm. And they're not 
those two concepts are not like magnets that repel each other. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're part of who I am as a whole being. And I'm seeing what you're saying is like the tapestry of your life and the mm-hmm. way it's come together, which was interesting to me. I read a bit about your background being in Aspen at one point and now mm-hmm. in Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. Could you share with our audience some about like your personal journey and story and how it's influenced what you do now for a living and with others and how it really weaves together. Yes. Let me try to give the bullet point thing, which is not my best thing. I have to say, Lisa, you have to oh, jump no, no, okay. whatever you feel like is most, I don't know. Like I'm just so okay. curious about That's okay. I, I sense that you really weave together your personal and professional lives in, in such a beautiful way. Uh, I'm well, I, uh, I'm a child of trauma, uh, sexual trauma when I was a kid, uh, come from a family in, in which, uh, sexual, uh, incest and the secrets and the lies around that formed some of my very earliest experiences. So a fair amount of childhood trauma, uh, no understanding of any of that, um, mm-hmm. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. But and, and at the same time, a real love of books and reading and music. For some reason, in, in the fourth grade, and I'm so old in California, that they had orchestras and musical instruments in school all for free. So I, I started learning and playing classical music at a very young age. Books, I say, were my best friends. So I had this sort of paradoxical experiences feeling very connected with spirit in very beautiful ways. At the same time in my life, I was experiencing childhood sexual trauma. Yeah. And so that was very confusing. And so it was confusing and there was nobody to talk to. And back then nobody even talked about it. And you just shut your mouth and wore a nice dress when you went to church on Sundays and you looked really good. And, and that's what, I was taught to do. And then kind of the pressure got to me after a while. And I started enjoying wine in the evenings and then enjoying it a little bit more. And then there was a point when I was drinking on a daily basis and I was alcohol dependent. I had no other skills in order to deal with the 
pain and suffering and I had no answers. I was completely ignorant. So that was part of my life. And I, I actually got sober while I was living in Aspen. And can I tell you, that is not that much fun. <laughs> not that much fun, but I did it. I'm on the other side of it in many, many years ago. And I'm telling you, for me, having stopped or having stopped long enough to say, I can't stand myself anymore. My health was fine. My life was fabulous. I was married to Prince Charming. He was the unofficial mayor of Aspen. My life was unbelievably glamorous and da 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 da. And I felt like crap. Yeah. I hated myself. So yeah. I stopped long enough. And by the grace of the great whatever, um, I did get sober. And that really changed my life big time. And I was 40. I was already 40. So then I went back to school. Okay. Then I finished my bachelor's. Wow, then my I master's. I don't, I don't, I don't write about it a lot, but it, I'm happy to talk about it because so many people live in silence about their suffering. And I'm here to say, you don't have to do it that way. Yeah. Getting yeah. separate wasn't that much fun, but it was a lot better than the way I was living in my whole life since then. I'm now 67. Who believes that I'm 67? Wow, I can't believe I'm 67. Okay. So that's like 27 years later and my life opened up for me, even though I was living a perfect fantasy life. My life opened up for me when I stopped long enough to say, this is not good. I hate myself. What needs to change in yeah. order for me to be living from happiness, being real? Yes. Okay. Being authentic. I yes. Sense. Yes. Like, but you know, I appreciate your honesty in, in saying, you know, getting sober sucked basically. You know, it's so awesome and, but not about like the actual nuts and bolts of the experience. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing this part of your story. I had no idea. And it makes so much sense now your depth that you bring mm -hmm. and your presence. Mm -hmm. I have been through a lot. Yeah, I've been through a lot. I have, I'd like to joke. It's kind of funny when I'm in the right mood. You know, I, I have a tendency to sort of jump off the edge of the Grand Canyon and assume yeah. that the wings are going to develop while I'm in flight. And sometimes that is very much the case, like taking the, the, taking the risk book. Other times I will leap off the Grand Canyon, or at least in the past, I have learned. And then I, no wings. There are no wings. There is no air, and I will do the most massive face plant on the bottom of the Grand Canyon, and I have to pick myself up, and it's like, oh, my God. But for me, that's part of, I think, what I embody this lifetime. So I have screwed up, messed up, failed an awful lot, and I have overcome even more. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and what you're saying reminds me, going back to what I was taking away from your book last night about this risk taking and, and taking risks that really are, it's, it's like stepping into more of who we are, even when yes. we're scared, when we're terrified, when we're uncertain mm -hmm. and have some confusion. I, I found those are the risks that end up being the most meaningful steps mm -hmm. in my life and actually the best things that mm -hmm. have ever happened. And I wonder, you talk about your work, about allowing ourselves to be who we already are, can you share some more about that? How you help the people you work with to, you know, help them be who they already are and having that awareness. 
It is so astonishing to me, Lisa, that most people don't know who they are. And I think for me, I had to stop drinking in order to even begin taking a look at me at the one I remember being when I was very young and sort of that innocent, pure childhood love and desire and longing for for whatever it is, because everyone's different. Yeah. And how that felt. And I I have, I wish I had it next to me. Uh, I have a, a very small black and white photograph of myself in a little tiny heart frame. And it's, oh, that's the wrong way. The camera's backwards. That's very funny. So it's a little heart frame with little red, you know, tacky crystals, because I like tacky crystal things. And it's a photograph of me when I was about two years old. And my face is so open and smiling, Mm -hmm. innocent and sort of perfect. Yeah. And there is that part in every one of us. And so much of my work with my clients is remembering that one of us and reclaiming her, mm-hmm. letting her live, letting her be present through all of the terrible, tragic things that can happen and all the, oh my God, bad mistakes and wrong turns and sideways. It's all right. Yeah. That perfect place within us is alive and well and desperate to breathe and that's what I help clients do and that sounded kind of esoteric and how I do that is through a variety of techniques it really depends on what each person needs some people are more comfortable with the science evidence-based CBT cognitive behavioral therapy dialectical behavioral therapy which I have advanced training in which is very helpful. It's fantastic. I do work on the spiritual level with folks who have that sort of leaning. Yeah. I use some astrology, mm-hmm. even though I'm not an astrologer, because, you know, there is information everywhere. There is. So what does the person resonate most with in order to create more space to remember and reclaim where she comes from, he comes from, and and what they want for themselves and what they need and start learning how to communicate that first to themselves yeah, and then to the people around them, boss, colleague, husband, children, if the children are the right age, like that. You know, and I'm thinking as well, I'm just thinking of the phrase, so, you know, I've been... I study a lot of metaphysical mm-hmm. texts and such, and I find this intersection of, of personal psychology and spirituality to really be where, where it's at as mm-hmm. far as healing and transforming. Mm-hmm. And in the work, you know, your book about using our mind and our thoughts specifically, because I know that the thoughts we think underlie and create the beliefs that we believe, and then that's what dictates the life that we live in. And and as I talk about in my work, the orbit of our people, places, and things, Mm -hmm. and like how our beliefs are kind of that ceiling. You know, we can just go as far as our beliefs allow us to. Yes. Earlier when you were talking about putting your mind where we want it to be Mm -hmm. and just really advancing and expanding what's possible. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And in the work, I love the work of Abraham Hicks. Mm -hmm. And and lately, just I've been meditating on the phrase, it is given. Mm -hmm. And it's something I've read and heard for a number of years now. But I feel like just some, like last night reading your book, it started to really come alive. It is given. Like mm -hmm. the path is given, the solutions mm -hmm. are given. And mm -hmm. it's like to start to be able to feel that viscerally. Can, I don't remember what you're, what you're thinking and feeling as I'm sharing that. I love it. Well, I'm getting kind of goosebumpy, which is really yeah, cool. Yeah, me too. And that's been like, okay, I'm getting this comfy. Like I'm on to, I know when that happens, like I'm on to yeah. something and just, yeah. you know, how you incorporate that in your work, in your life, and even some personal practices of knowing your path is coming to you and you're on it and helping with the, the doubt or uncertainty, like how you kind of hold your I, hand over the I have to say, I'm much more stumbly and bumbly. I okay. often feel like... I don't know where the damn path is. I have no idea. I don't know. And there's a beautiful uh, sentence. It's a poem. It's the beginning of a poem by Anthony Machado. And it, it is translated, there is no path. There is no way. The way, the path is made by walking. Mm. And I very much feel that. Uh, and so I feel wow. like I'm half the time, I know there is no path. The path is made by walking. And so that is a huge piece of the work I do with my clients is to help okay. them get off their thing and yeah. start walking. Okay, you're wow. not going to get right every time. And, and this takes me sort of this, uh, it is given. I think we are given magnificent gifts that we can't even really touch or feel or understand. Those might be what are given to us, but they don't fall down like fairy dust all the time from the magic whatever. Right. We have to reach for what is given. We have to sometimes work. There was a book that influenced me a great deal, maybe like 20 years ago. It's been a while now. Lewis Hyde, H-Y-D-E. And, and uh, the guy wrote at that time, he had written two books. That's it. That's all he had done. No big fancy guy, but he won. Uh, he was a MacArthur genius, got a MacArthur genius award for those two books. And the book is called the gift. And he talks about the gifts we are given and how we actually must serve an apprenticeship to those gifts. And sometimes the apprenticeship is not six months long. Sometimes it's an entire lifetime. And so it is given. I do believe that. But it's not just sitting right here on my desk so I can pick it up and there it is. There right. it is. I am serving my apprenticeship, which is a sacred sort of task in walking the path, which creates the path yes. in order to receive the given, to mix all of it up in one sentence. Okay, wow. So what you're saying directly correlates to something I, did, I had jotted down to ask that you talk about in your work and I feel like it really fits in about being curious and staying mm -hmm. open to mm -hmm. future reality. Yes. Yes. Well, future reality and even, oh my gosh, I can get so tunnel vision. I'm a fixed sign astrologically. What are you? 
uh, oh, I have a lot of Scorpio in me. All that okay. deep underworld stuff. I sort of walk on the bottom of the ocean is how I describe. Yeah. It feels like that a lot. Um, and so I'm pretty comfortable with the underworld. I'm comfortable with the Jungian shadow. I understand it. And now um, I've completely forgotten the question. <laughs> what you were just saying, tying into being curious and staying open to future yeah. reality. So I can be super fixed on this. You know, like the horses who have the blinders on. Yeah. And I feel like that. And if I would just take the darn blinders off. So not only in the future reality, but in my current reality, what am I not seeing? What's right here? What's whispering to yes. me? What, what does the universe want me to understand? Can I, can I hear that? Can I trust it? Can I create that path by walking that path? And, and yes. something you said earlier, because I live in Santa Fe in Northern New Mexico, and there are some truly powerful and profound shamanic teachers and teachings around here because we're so blessed with so much indigenous culture mm -hmm. right here. And the shamans say that every thought is a prayer. Every wow. thought is a prayer. And so my thought right now is a prayer that is feeding my future reality. And yes. it is yes. that powerful and that elusive until you learn to hear it and trust it. You know, and I think we can see this happening, demonstrating in our lives. And for example, just how our thoughts are so powerful. <laughs> the other day I was texting with my younger sister and a friend. My younger sister is a veterinarian. And we exchange mm -hmm. all these cat and dog pictures mm -hmm. during the day. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the sweet images that come through on social media of the animals that yes. need like little wheels, you know, to help if they're yes, paralyzed. Yes, yes, they do. Yeah, and they're and, so happy. Yes. Yes, yes. So and there was this, and there was also a duck at our, at our rescue place. This little duck was on wheels. And I sent oh. my sister a picture of the duck on wheels and a kitty cat on wheels. And it was mm -hmm. just a few hours later when I was on a walk, there was a woman walking her dog who was on the wheels. And it like <gasps> took me aback because mm -hmm. it's not something I usually see at mm -hmm. all. And I was like, wow, like, my thought and sending that to my sister created that and just to notice what you're speaking about starts to somehow show up that happened again I'm, I'm blanking on the exact experience but something I had said to someone and then it's like there it was and I'm curious mm -hmm. and for me it's confirmation like I'm on I'm mm -hmm. on my path I'm creating my path mm -hmm. I'm in sync with mm -hmm. the universe wondering your thoughts and such about, about well that. look at this I'm just going to reach over here so a couple things yeah I've I think, I mean, that's, it's, I think that what you just said speaks to my comment about if I could just take the blinders off and see what's around me, because there is a, there are a lot, we have a lot of cognitive biases that have been identified by psychological researchers over the years. Okay. And one of those biases is the confirmation bias. So how I believe the world is really good or really bad or really sucky or everybody's out to get me or everybody's my friend, our brain subconsciously looks for confirmation of that bias oh, and it yeah. will find it. 
so that's one uh, one response. Another response I was thinking is back in the day there were these books. Pam Grout, G R O U T, yeah. wrote E squared and E to the third power. I forget what the three is called. Yeah. And it's uh, their energy experiments. She's got the and she's a very funny writer. She's really terrific. And I used to have my clients do some of these things. And I tell the story that they're like, take a week. And I want you in the book, the exercise is, I want you to find these 10 things out in the world. Okay, so there was a list of very random things. And, and within a week, I had found all but one of them. And the one I couldn't find in Santa Fe was a beach ball. And I swear I was driving down the freeway like months later and I saw a beach ball. I went, Oh, there it is. There it is. No way. Because I had primed my brain to look for those. And, um, and so what we focus on is what we manifest. What we focus on is what we manifest, and what we manifest now is what we're seeding the the garden of our future with. Mm-hmm. And it's a this is was a very playful. I find a, a an elderly woman in a fashionable hat. I thought that's ridiculous, but I went around looking specifically for that, and I saw her that day on the plaza. Wow! And I never would have seen her. Never. Because I hadn't been looking for it because I wasn't open to seeing. Yeah, being willing to see things differently. And what you're sharing is reminding me of the exercises in the back of your book, You Got This. The writing prompts and like the games Mm -hmm. that we can play, which Mm -hmm. I love because it really expands our consciousness about Mm -hmm. what's possible for us to do some of the things like, you know, for one, one of the things like since money is no, I starting with say, if money was no option, what would I do? And then progressing that since money yeah. is no option, right. what will I do? And mm-hmm. you can feel it in your body start to expand mm-hmm. the choices mm-hmm. that you make. Can yeah, you share more about these tools? Well, what's interesting is that you're reminding me, uh, Richard Feynman, who is a Nobel winning uh, physicist. And did a lot of writing back in the day. And somebody's got a Twitter account that uh, sort of tweets all these pithy things every day. But I don't know if it's actually him. I don't even know if he's alive. I'm sorry if if I'm being rude, but I don't know. Somebody's, but he, I studied him a lot when I was getting my PhD. Because he wrote a lot about the creative process and what happens in the creative process. And he talked a lot about the critical importance of play. And being open and curious in a sort of playful way, which allows new possibilities to show up. Yeah. I'm sitting here trying to write a book and write a book and come up with a big idea and come up with a big idea. It's like I'm constipated. You know, if I let it go, if I take a walk, if I play with my dog, if I just get curious in a more childlike, playful way, the insights will just come through. Because we've created space to do that. Yes. And so play, and also, you know, the because I don't know why, but it's part of who I am this lifetime is I'm pretty deep and a little bit heavy and very intellectual and I love <laughs> scholarly things. And I got to lighten up myself a little bit once in a while. Yeah, and, the work, and the work I do with clients, the work of transformation is 
doesn't always feel terrific in the moment. The rest of your life feels terrific, but yes. it's it's difficult to transform something like uh, like childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. People do it every day, all the time. Many people do it every day. It's totally possible, but we need some lightness and playfulness to balance the density sometimes of the depth and the darkness. It's so important to balance definitely the depth and the density and sometimes the heaviness mm-hmm. of that, especially when it may be triggered. And then to, to be able to put your mind somewhere while you're also holding that, yes. that part of yourself going through yes. the, the feeling to not just like, whoop, like jump yes. over it or that's away. right. You want to be able to be with the feeling, but also yeah. in, in going to the light, the lightness, the playfulness, the positive, and this is where positive psychology and neuroscience come in, yeah. the more reinforcing of the positive neural connections, the stronger our learning and transformation is going to be because of something called the, the brain has a built-in negativity bias. We have to always be consciously working to reinforce the positive. Otherwise, we are reinforcing the negative. And this is neuroscience. It's what happens in the brain and the neural connections. So I can reinforce the tragedy and outrage and absolute betrayal of my childhood trauma. Or I can reinforce the positive outcomes the 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 abundance in my life mm-hmm. the outcomes of that childhood trauma it doesn't make it go away it doesn't negate it nor does it reinforce the awfulness right and i think we're able to really start to step into the new story of our lives that feels so different and liberating and for me freeing from that old um yeah like paradigm and what I was taught and told and like for me, the, the spiritual, the quantum physics, this, you know, of like infinite possibility. It like really speaks to, for me, healing trauma because it really kind of blows it up and allows you to, to choose where a lot of that background we, we couldn't choose. That's right. That's right. So that we do have choice. And lots of times, like I had to, I had to learn that I had choice because when I was a child, my, all of my choices were taken away from me Right. in the childhood trauma. All of my choices were taken away. Many of them were taken away. So I had to learn that I even had choice. Yes. And then to understand that I'm living this life. Nobody yeah. else is living my life. There is no puppet master going, nye, nye, nye. I don't believe in that. I have choice. It's my story. Yeah. It's my path. And gosh, darn it. I want to write a good one. Yeah. Change the narrative. Yes. I do a lot of work with narrative psychology as well. There's so much power in that. So much power and so much healing and talk about transformation. And then you get to, you really are onto something there. Then you're living a whole new story that you have written, you have chosen, that's unique to you. It's like writing your path, going back to what you were speaking of earlier. Yes. So Dr. Melanie, what, I'm curious what, at the end, we're at the end of our time and I'm Mm -hmm. loving 
this flow of conversation. Me too. Awesome. What is like something next for you that listeners could, it could be cool for them to know about. And like, what do you want to leave us with? Well, when I get over my little tiny fear of technology okay. uh, and I have time to sit down and organize myself just for a minute, I am going to offer a six-week online virtual writing course, and it's called Exploring the Wildness of Your Edges. And we'll be using the book in the course, and we'll be meeting every week virtually. So if listeners are interested in that, I'm gathering my email list right now. So if you go to my website and get on, uh, which is thesantafetherapist.com, and just sign up for my newsletter, and you'll be getting advance notice of that. And it's coming up soon. I just have to get over my little tiny fear. Like, oh no, I've never done it before. On I've done it live. I've never done it virtually. Oh, it's like, cool. uh, yeah. So that's what's but coming. I got this. You got this. That just came out. I, <laughs> I gotta have it. I gotta do it. No, I have to work my own edges. Yeah. So that I can show others how to do it as well. Yes. So thanks for asking. Oh. That's coming up. Yes. Yeah. Soon. And any words to leave us with? You're just awesome. Thank you. Guess what? How I feel now is alive and energized and motivated, inspired. When I started out 45 minutes going, oh, I'm kind of scared and I'm a little anxious. I'm, I'm going to screw it up. I've had such a wonderful time with you, Lisa. I really have. Thank you. And so I want to just use this as a sort of living example. I, I would never raise my hand to do something like this. You invited, I said yes, feeling anxious and a little scared. And look how I feel now. It's completely transformed yeah. the idea of the possible for me. Mm. Everyone can do this. And it didn't cost me anything. Mm. It didn't take anything from me. I trusted you. I trusted the universe. And I trusted myself. Yes. Listeners, you can do this as well. You got this. We got this. And you know what? These days, in this era, we need to do this. We need that. We have to step up. It's why we're here. It is. Dr. Melanie, thank you. I'm sending you so much love. Thank you. you. And I hope you have the best rest of your afternoon. Thank you, Lisa. Such a joy to be with you. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Bye. Bye Bye-bye, dear. Concludes our time with Dr. Melanie Hart. Again, we were discussing her book, You Got This, a risk-taking guide for women who are ready to change the world. This book applies to anyone, not just women, FYI. And you can find her at thesantafetherapist.com, on Twitter, at Dr. Hart, H-A-R-T-H, and at myhappinessdoc on Facebook. Y'all, please go and rate and review All Things Therapy wherever you are listening or viewing it. Follow me at NOLA Therapy on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And reach out for a session, nolatherapy.com. I'm Lisa at nolatherapy.com. Love, and I'll be with you next week. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir only 